Welcome to Parkinson's and Me. This is Season 3, Episode 1, The Slow March Forward. Well, hello everyone, my name is Daniel. I'm an individual that was diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's disease. That term means I was diagnosed before the age of 50. I'm 45 and I'm on my third year after being diagnosed. There are several reasons why I record this podcast. Number one is I want to record this for my son. I want him to know that his dad fought hard and to get to know me in the midst of this battle. Number two, it's an outlet for me and a way that I can include my voice into the awareness of Parkinson's. And finally, this is new but this podcast has also served as a great way to let those that love me to keep up with my journey. I want to welcome you to Season 3. I hope you are doing well, whether you have Parkinson's disease or you don't. We have many listeners that have let us know they listen to the episode so they can get to know their loved ones that have this disease. And this deeply honors me and is humbling. And there are many of you that do have this disease. All of you, welcome to the show. I wanted to start out this new season with a conversation with my wife. Our spouses have front row seats to what's going on. And there have been many testimonies of those with PD. And that's just short for Parkinson's disease, PD to where the spouses couldn't handle it, and some are experiencing great loss with their spouse leaving. To be fair, it is not an easy road at all. In fact, it's a complete upending of their lives. But there are many of us that have been truly blessed, and to see how remarkable our spouses or friends or partners are, well, that's what this episode is all about. My wife goes into pretty deep detail as to what it's like for her on a daily basis. Also, after recording the interview, I thought it was remarkable of all the things that she does for me, how she's picked up these tips and tricks. And so if you're caring for someone that does have PD, then I think this conversation is very beneficial. So let's go ahead and get this interview started. I do want to say that if you would like to contact us, I have left our contact information at the end of the episode. And so without any further delay. We are certainly crammed in Closet Studios. I have my wonderful wife, Jana. Hello, my wonderful husband, Daniel. Well, hello there. It's been a while since we've recorded. Actually, last time you were on was, goodness, first season. It was. Yep, that's true. I I totally skipped season two. What I remember the last time you were here, that was certainly a time, at least for me, it was to absorb the shock of the diagnosis. Yes, and all that that entailed. How are things now in comparison to then? It's, It's better. Usually, it's better. How so? Emotionally, it's better. Though there are still times where I realize 
I need to stop and, and let myself grieve for what it possibly or probably means for you. It's sad. It's not here yet. It's not an all the time thing. But like the other day I was listening to a song and I'm in the car and I just start bawling my eyes out. I'm like, okay, all right. Now that's good. I have to remind myself it's okay to let myself do that every now and then because sometimes I think it gets pent up and I don't realize it just because we're so busy and driving to work. I'm listening to audiobooks. As soon as I park, I walk in the building and start doing, you know, I don't usually let myself listen to songs that trigger those kind of emotions, but I think it's good to do every now and then. But at least emotionally, it's better. It's better because we have some more time under our belts. When we got the diagnosis, it was like, oh my gosh, what's it going to look like in two years? I know it's changed and I know some things are changing and some things are progressing, but it's not like some horrible worst case scenario where you can't get out of bed and you can't tie your shoes and you can't, you know, all that kind of thing. So that just puts it in perspective. I just realize, yeah, this is, it's going to be slower than maybe what I initially imagined. That's all scary. Plus it's sunk in. We talk about it more often. Initially, when we found out you didn't want to tell anybody and I needed to tell some people just for my own sake to be able to talk about it, but you were very cautious on who I told and I still don't go around telling everybody, obviously, (laughs) but there are people now who know and it's just more, okay, this is just kind of what it is. This is just our life. And Well, do you feel like you have a support system in place? At this point, yes. I mean, many years down the road, when I'm potentially maybe even like a full-time caregiver, no. I expect that to be many years down the road. I think at that point, I'll just cross that bridge when we get there. But You tackle it very different than I do. I mean, so much could change between now and then. And any support system I find that we're talking that easily be 20 years down the road or more. I, I just don't feel like it's important at this point to invest in trying to find all of those resources when... We're not we're not there yet. I'm focused on I see it as building this foundation. Down the road, we're much more ready. So it's like building Noah's Ark of sorts. Right, waiting for the flood. Yeah, this this very much so. What are some things that you've noticed that maybe our family needs? I think that being flexible is good. I mean, the other day you were going to take our son to school in the morning. That's something that you're trying to do now that he's changed schools and it's more of a drive. It's take him in the, every morning and I pick him up. And it was just a morning where... It was work, I think. And it wasn't a good morning. And yeah, there was a morning too where you hadn't slept at all that night. And you're like, I just don't feel comfortable with this lack of sleep driving him to school. And so being able to be flexible. And thankfully, I work at a great group of people who are very flexible and it's kind of we don't care when you do it, just get your job done. And so that's, that's great. But I think just to have that attitude of being flexible, that this is what we're going to try to do. Everything in life, you have to be flexible with, but even more so with, you don't know, sometimes the medicine just doesn't kick in like you think it's going to, and your hands just aren't working or that you just didn't sleep last night. A lot of things that are out of our control in many ways. So I'm on this kick now, or this goal of trying to turn things that we look at Parkinson's and we think about how much it takes away. However, I want to change that to what opportunities is it giving us? I think I'm trying to to change the negative tale into something positive. Something that I said in the last season was, I don't think I would have gone on such a big trip with our son out west 
we would have had a trip, but maybe not as grand or as inspiring. What are some things that you see, maybe some opportunities? For you, you've always been very future focused. I'm always very much like, we will tackle what we need to tackle today and tomorrow. We will worry about tomorrow. But you've always been very much, what are we going to do in 10 years? And I'm like, heck, I have no idea where we're going to be in 10 years. <laughs> so I think in some ways, this has been good for you in the sense that it's made you look more present day. And for me, because I tend to look at each present day as a list of tasks. It's a, it's a to-do list that gets checked off and hopefully it's all checked off by the time you go to bed. And hopefully you're doing that at a certain time. <laughs> so for me, I think it's made me try to get past just the everyday checklist and mm -hmm. maybe look for more enjoyable things we can do together, or at least be more mentally aware and, and enjoy those times. I've just noticed in the last few months, we try to watch some sort of television show at night before we go to sleep. I want to be present. I want to make sure I'm holding your hand. And not just get totally wrapped up in what we're watching, but also enjoy being with you. Or we've talked about our son's getting older. He's 13. For his winter break, we're going to go up to the cabin. And by golly, we're going to stay three whole nights <laughs> instead of two, which is kind of goes back to the other trip idea. It's a little more expensive. But honestly, how much longer is he going to want to go to the cabin in the mountains with us? Also, I think we've talked a lot about trying to instill some things in our son as well, like hope for the future. Talked about that. Can you talk about that just a bit and explain what you mean? Somewhere I was reading an article where the author was talking about, I don't see any excitement in today's youth for what's to come. It's, it's doom and gloom. Oh, the, the environment's getting worse and the economy's terrible. And you know, all there's no excitement. And and she was remembering, man, when I was in high school, the world was about to open up before me and there was a world of possibilities. And that was really exciting. And her point was, we need to give our kids that point of view. Our son sees the disease. And I think you've done a great job of putting that in perspective for him. And I know there are days that gets you down, but I don't think he sees that. And when we're talking with him about excitement about what his future has to offer and being intentional about that. You know, you can do so many different things and we'll figure out a way to help you make that happen. And your future is bright and you've got good things to come. It's lots to look forward to. I think that we've both been more intentional about that. And that's been nice too. I want to transition just a bit and talk about our marriage. I think the diagnosis and the progression is very, very hard on a marriage. I want to add some light onto a very negative situation, or, or it could be. Another example is I'm being as intentional as I can to make sure that you and I grow closer, more intimate, introduce new things into our marriage. In fact, I was talking to a good friend of mine. I was telling him, it's not like our marriage was bad or was on the rocks to begin with. It was in the toilet. It was in the toilet. <laughs> and it's there sinking, swirling as we speak. Again, I think without this bomb that went off in our lives, I'm concerned that I would actually allow our marriage to get stale from my point of view. 
again, we're not talking negative here. Yeah, it's kind of a course correction, I think. I don't think I would have stopped, turned, and looked at you and had the thought of, before any more time goes on, I want to continue to get to know you in a deeper and more intimate way. Do things together with you. You have definitely done that because that is not my personality. I To take a step back and reevaluate things, I mean, like I said, I'm just very much like, all right, did we get done what we got to do today? All right, let's get to bed so we can do it all again tomorrow. <laughs> you have been, and through our whole relationship, much more in tune to that anyway. But definitely, I would say in the last six to nine months, that's really become evident. You're showing me the Love Nudge app. You know, that was what I liked. And it's this app on your phone. And it, you know, you can talk about, uh, you take a quiz, what is your love language? And you can kind of pair up your, your spouse and what is their love language? And I set myself some reminders to make the bed several times a week because I don't care what the bed looks like, but I know you like the bed to look nice and neat. And that's something I can do to kind of meet one of your love languages. Um, you're getting creative and you're finding things that we can both do and work with and enjoying know each other and understand each other better in a practical way, which I like. You went shopping with me today. This is the man who thanks me every week when I go to the grocery store, every week without fail because he hates it. In fact, this morning he was like, all right, you ready to go shopping? And I just had to stop and say, I don't think in the, what, 23 years I've known you, you've ever said that to me. But we had fun. It was nice. It was really good. We did not go grocery shopping. That I don't know that anything could make that fun for him. That's probably true. That's been really good. And the fact is, I could be looking to make some changes But unless you were willing or were at a place in your life to where you could roll with this, I would think we'd be coming from opposite sides. For those listening, our care partners or care providers at this point, or maybe they're also getting prepared for what's coming, what advice or recommendations would you give them? What have you learned? Off the top of my head, the first thing that comes to mind is be willing to try new things because practically, some of the ways you've been doing things may have to change. So being open to that, but also being open to maybe there are new things the two of you can enjoy that you would never have thought about before. Or or maybe in the past, it wasn't something that you really particularly were interested or thought about, but now, you know, maybe you can reevaluate. I'm not at the point where I'm, I'm a caregiver, right? I mean, it's, it's just a matter of trying to think about things like you have a muffin in the morning. I can go ahead and like, open part of the wrapper for them on the muffins. So when you open the the lid, it's not it's not a battle for your hands in the morning. Or just trying to think about little things that have come along. Like this, we already did this, but getting you an electric toothbrush. You know, that's made a big difference because mm-hmm. you're having to grip something so hard and try to, you know, brush your teeth. You got an electric toothbrush. Or just doing the research, what's out there that can help you because you may not be aware of it or Here's something I'm having to work on. You've always paused when you're speaking, Mm. and I have a tendency to want to fill in for you. Oh, here's what he's trying to say. I think that sometimes the pauses have gotten a little longer, particularly if it's one of those days where just the mental clarity is not there. And I'm having to be careful to give you enough time to finish your sentences and not just talk over you or because you paused so long here, just let me go ahead and fill in what it was that I think you were trying to say. 
I want to be aware of that. You have the future so much in mind and, and with work that you're thinking, okay, I don't know how much more time I've got where I can be working and in the capacity that I'm working now. And so you work a lot. I've just noticed I'm trying to kind of bring you back and say that's I know you need to work. I don't know if I shared this on the podcast or not, but I was thinking several months ago, I've always had the mindset of if work gets in the way of family events or investing in each other, then work needs to take a back seat because family and these moments are the most important things. And my viewpoint hasn't changed on that. However, I've got to work a lot harder to make sure I can keep up with those that don't have this disease. I was at the point knowing I was working much more and that work was getting in the way of our time. But this time, I said, I can't let work take a back seat. I dislike that. I don't have 20 more years. Hopefully, it comes out at the end that was a good bet, that having employment and money coming in at this point in our lives is a little more important And it may mean I miss some of these key moments. I don't think you've missed a key moment. I mean, sometimes we don't know when they're going to pop up. I understand that. But no, you you haven't missed any of the key moments. I just don't want you to get super wrapped up in it and and that be your life. When you step back and you step away from it, you're you're going, what do I do? I do need pulling back from the, the edge of the cliff. I'm sure I could improve. It's the only one. It's the only one. You heard that. (laughs) My son, when you hear this. Mommy says three or four years ago before the diagnosis, if you were doing this, Mm. I would have really been like, look, you got 20 more years. (laughs) Right. Back off. (laughs) But I understand where you're coming from now. The financial security. Let's let's make some money while we can and try to put that aside because there's the unknown. And, And a lot of that's wise. But I want you to come back also and. It's that balancing act, right? Our son's not getting any younger. Let's try to do fun things together. That's been another problem, I think, is what are the fun things that you can do and want to do? I can't remember if we've talked about acting, but you love to act. And I know that that's something I disagree with you. You think that that's just gone from your life right now. I feel like you still have a strong enough voice that you can project just fine. And I think you still have enough coordination and mobility that you can pull it off. I think it's down to mental clarity. And And, and yeah, remembering all the lines and everything. mm -hmm. But honestly, if you would be willing to go try out for parts, I think the biggest hindrance right now would be stopping work early enough to go to rehearsals and to do shows. And I want to Make sure that I encourage you to do that because that's been a huge part of your life. You need that. We got our son a virtual reality headset for Christmas. And I know you've gotten on that some. And I would love to see you get on that more and figure it out. Just to have different outlets and things to do. Playing the guitars become more difficult. As we go, that's something we're trying new things on too. I want you to have things that when you get off work, you're not just like, wow, what the heck do I do? I either sleep, eat, shower walk or work, (laughs) except for the times when we get to go on a trip or something. And as you said, that is hard to balance. Anything else that comes into your mind? This is so random. It just popped into my head. But the other day, I was really grateful. You know, I hate doing the dishes. You've been great. You're like, I'll just do the dishes. And I tend to do the laundry because you hate putting the pairing the socks together and 
funny. That's kind of how we've divided that. But you know, you just said there's some things that I I'm having a hard time, like getting a little kitchen scrubby brush and scrubbing the dishes before sticking them in the dishwasher. Can you do that? And I was really glad that you say, look, if I if I've left this in the sink, it's not that I'm falling down on my my job, but this hurts to do it this way, or I'm just not proficient at that. That's great. I think we just need to keep the communication open. And we've talked about that a lot. I can't read your mind. You can't read my mind. You would think after being together, as long as we've been together, we might be better at that because I've always admired couples who look over at your spouse and your spouse knew what you were thinking. And I'm just not that person. I'm not either. I can't read you. We at least know that about each other, that we've got to verbalize it. Some takeaways would be, you know, you just need to give each other some slack. Oh, yes. Thankfully, again, I think we're just very blessed. I think um, we'll have been married 19 years this summer. And I love you just as much or and more, I think, because there's more I know to love about you. We get along really well. We like each other. But certainly there are times where I think, yeah, give, give the other person the benefit of the doubt. True. The, the other person's doing the best he or she can do. And, you know, if something's been forgotten or not done properly, that it wasn't maliciously done that way. Well, very good. I know you want to go see the horse and go to the barn. So I don't want to keep you from that important task. But Is that going to make it to the podcast? Yeah. Is it okay? <laughs> Fine. Gotta go take care of the girl. Yes. Yes. That's you still need what you get joy. That's something you've been great about because I can see it's hard. There are days where I've come home from work. I've brought pop my head in. Hey, hon, how you doing? And I can tell it's just been a long day. And then I kind of quietly go, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the barn and you've been so kind. There's not this, okay, well you go enjoy yourself because I have nothing fun to do today. So I'll just sit here while you go have fun. You don't guilt trip me. I think you are a wise enough individual to know that if I can get those needs met, that I'm a better wife. I'm a better person. Yeah. I I think Um, we're all that way. But just so listeners know, this poor pony has got crummy feet and she needs her feet taken care of. And And that's why we got to cut it. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for all you do. I I think we're good about telling each other that as well. Yes. Vocalizing it. Blessings you too. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear from you. If you would like to call and leave a message, our number is 706-873-1656. Or you can email us at parkinsonsandmepodcast at gmail.com. Finally, I would appreciate it if you'd review us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to this show. And remember, keep moving forward.